Donner Atwood tells a story about a young boy who was trapped in a fire. One night, his home caught a fire and the young boy was forced to flee to the roof. The father, who had gotten out of the house, stood on the ground and looked up to the roof and he called out to his son, stretched out his arms to his son and he says, jump, I will catch you. He knew that the boy had gone up there to save himself. He, he didn't find his way out the normal way, but the boy had gone up there to save himself. And it was his words of encouragement to have the boy jump to safety because the house was on fire and the fire would soon get to the roof. However, the boy had other ideas. He saw the flames, he saw the black smoke, and it was dark. Saw the blackness, and he, he, it was dark, and he just decided, listen, you know what? It's safer up here. It's safer up here. As you can imagine, he was scared. But he felt safer up there. So his father kept yelling at him, jump, and his father's holding out his hand, I will catch you. But the boy protested. He said to his dad, Daddy, I can't see you. In life, often we face difficult situations that cloud our judgment. We do not like it when we are treated poorly. No one wants to be betrayed, and when it happens, we feel deeply hurt. It is humiliating being in love with someone who is not in love with you. It is extremely frustrating when we need help, but we just don't know how to ask for it. We get very upset at injustice that we want to scream. And we feel powerless to losing a loved one. And we ask that very important question, that single word, why? Currently, there is immense suffering in the wake of Hurricane Ian. The extent of Ian's destruction became clearer as people in Cuba, across southwestern Florida and South Carolina, were left without electricity, drinking water, and inhabitable homes. According to the New York Times, and I quote, the storm pulverized roads, toppled trees, gutted downtown storefronts, and set cars afloat, leaving a soggy scar of ruined homes and businesses from the coastal cities to inland communities, end of quote. You and I saw the pictures. We know what it looked like, what it looks like. And we can't begin to imagine ourselves in that mess, in that devastation. Many have lost lives, and there might be still more that we don't know about. And in all of this, as we think about the magnitude of this, this uh, 
the storm and, and its path of destruction, the economic toll is staggering. The suffering seem unreal and unfair. So we ask ourselves the question, how do these communities, including Puerto Rico, recover from the devastation? In the wake of these storms, there's lament, rightly so. People are angry, sad, feeling hopelessly lost. They remember the good times and they yell. They yell at God. There is an outpouring of anger as people tell God how bad it is. And when I hear that, and when you hear that, I'm sure it breaks your heart. But you know what I think as they yell at God? I think that God can take it. God can take it. God knows it helps to lament. Lament can make us feel better, not immediately, but in time. Because lament is a form of prayer. It is an honest expression that comes from deep within here. And it is a way in which we can keep talking to God. I'm curious as to why the disciples asked Jesus in the reading, as Vicky presented it this morning, to increase their faith. Did you catch that? It started out right there. Increase our faith. It's a prayer, of course. Lord, increase our faith. Maybe you have said that too before. You face some kind of challenge or struggle, and you've said those very words, Lord, increase our faith. And here the disciples are petitioning Jesus, increase our faith. Evidently, they had faith to walk with him, but were feeling it is not enough. Do we feel that way sometimes? I suppose sometimes uh, the challenges that you face make you feel that you don't have enough faith. And I can understand if the people in the Caribbean that have recently experienced devastating storms and those in Florida and South Carolina and elsewhere or those facing fires on the, in the, on the West Coast feel like they need their faith increased. They feel like they don't have enough faith. Sometimes I think that we feel we don't have enough faith too, even without this disasters. We get, a, we get a project to do here at Messiah and, and we feel like we don't have enough faith to do what is being asked of us. So we kind of stay quiet. We want to be invisible. I imagine that when Rose came to a congregational care meeting and she says, well, you know, there are Ukrainians arriving in our area. And she said, um, well, what could we do for it? Um, some of us in the room might have said, you know what? Lord, what Rose is asking us to do today, increase our faith. 
because we don't really know how to step in to this void and do something that is meaningful. So Jesus responded to the disciples. And Jesus' response is very interesting. I think you noticed that, right? He says to his disciples, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, tiny, right? Very tiny. Think of poppy seeds because I don't think you see mustard seeds often. But poppy seeds, right? Tiny, right? We see them in salad dressings and so on. Um, if you had faith the size of a poppy seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So Jesus is telling his disciples, and us by extension, that it is not about quantity. Faith is not about quantity, but it is about what? You can tell me. Quality. It's not about quantity, but it is about quality. The quality of faith is what Jesus gets at. There are times when we feel like faith is not enough. We pray that God would strengthen or deepen our faith. Then we read in the Gospels about people Jesus called upon to make the reign of God a priority in their lives, to take up their cross and follow, and part with possessions. And they heard him. They heard him, but they did not have the faith to follow. Yet those faced with adversity, like the blind beggar, or the woman who suffered for 12 long years with a hemorrhage, and one of the 12 lepers who returned to say thank you to Jesus. These were validated when Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Notice the difference. The people in adversity, it is those people that Jesus says, your faith has made you well. So, how much faith do you need? How much faith do you need? Or more to the point, what does faith have to do with ability? What does faith have to do with ability? I got to get back to the story because I know you want to know how it ended, right? Can't leave you there. So the boy protested. Remember, he said to his dad, Daddy, I can't see you. And the father replied, But I can see you, and that's all that matters. I can see you, and that's all that matters. The question the boy was wrestling with is how much do I trust my daddy? Okay? Do you have to see God 
to trust God. Well, I mean, that's a no-brainer. We are here because we don't see God, but we trust God, right? Faith is not always about seeing with the naked eye. Faith is a relationship of trust. The Christian faith, Atwood says, the Christian faith enables us to face life or meet death, not because we can see, but with the certainty that we are seen. We are seen by God who loves us completely. We admit to not knowing all the answers to the complexities of life and why things happen the way they happen. However, we are known by God who holds all things together in love. And because God loves us completely, we can trust God. So we trust Jesus Christ, whom God sent to be our teacher, our example, our friend, the crucified and risen Lord. We cannot see him. But through the Holy Spirit, we know that he sees us. So we place our lives in his hands. For we know that when our lives are in his hands, he comforts, he upholds, and he saves us. And that's what we need. Amen.